0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church sermon of the week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. I almost didn't uh, finish the work on this lesson because um, the last three guys that have gotten up here have preached all over my message, and uh, but I really, I, I really believe that um, God gives us things to bring to the church. And I don't, I don't consider myself a pastor, but I, I do to some degree consider myself a teacher. And I believe that uh, God can use each and every one of us. I believe that he can use each and every one of you to teach and to share his truth with people. And uh, God will put you in a position where you will say things to people that you have absolutely no idea where that came from. And they will receive from you something as God fixes it, after it goes out of your mouth and into their ears, God will fix it that they hear what God intended them to hear. Because the word of God says that his word never goes out void. It will never return void, but it will accomplish that which he purposeth. That's a great promise that we have. All right, so anyway, I had, I had a lot of things that I wanted to say today. Um, but you already know that I always want to say a lot of things. Um, but what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about the Word of God. And... Uh, You know, the Word of God gets talked about a lot here. But I want to talk about something. Uh, I want to put a a little different slant on it today. And I want to talk about the Word of God rules or promises. And, um, you know, as Christians in this day, we are blessed to have the Word of God to lead us. You know, when we read the Word of God and we look at the people that the Word of God is written about, they didn't have the Word of God. They were hoping that God would speak to them, sometimes in an audible voice. They were hoping that God's Spirit would appear. And they were led uh, firsthand by God uh, as His Spirit would move upon them. And we are fortunate to have the Word of God to lead us and guide us into all truth. And Jesus tells us in the Gospel of John that we will have the light of life if we follow God. Now I'm going to expand on that a little bit because that, that sounds like, oh yeah, okay, Brother Larson, we know that we'll have the light of God if we follow after God. That's, that's kind of loaded. because And I'm going to read a scripture to you uh, actually, a number of scriptures that will bear this out and help you to understand um, what, what's happening. Uh, the first scripture that I want to read is uh, in the Gospel of John, the first chapter. And I want to read um, verses 1 through 4. And I'll let you get to that. Um, we'll have we'll have up on the screen in a minute. Uh, but anyway, in John 1, one through 4... It says, in the beginning was the Word. Very important. Very important to remember uh, that the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word. So before there was anything, the Word was there. Okay? So that's how old the Word of God is. So we, we have to uh, you know, get that in a section of your brain that says, the Word of God has always been here. We look at it, the Bible, the Bible was made in uh, whatever, 1600 or 1300 or whenever it was that it was put together as a written word. But the word of God that all of this is made out of was here always. Okay, very different thought. Okay, so the, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God And the Word was God. So we cannot separate the Word of God from God. So it's very, very important. People say, well, why should I read the Word of God? You know, well, how do I know that it's all true? Well, how, you know, they ask all these stupid questions. The Word of God is God. It is our instruction for everything that we do in our life. There's no separating it. And it's our job to read enough of it that we become directed in our life. Okay? The same was in the beginning with God. So here again, this is a really, really loaded scripture if you look at it carefully. That the Word and God are not separable. And all things were made by Him. Now this is going to really get into our territory here. All things were made by him. Him who? Him God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life. He gave us all life. He gave man life. He breathed life into us. And the life was the light of men. That's who Jesus is today. Jesus then proves in continued teaching in the book of John that he is God. Now we're going to take this to the next step. We've just determined that the word of God is God and the same is in the beginning and it all is together, okay? And now if we go to John 8 and 12, we find, then spake Jesus again unto them saying, I am the light of the world. Hmm. Well, we just read in this earlier scripture that it says that God is the light of the world. Wow. That kind of makes a little bit of an impact, doesn't it? Sure sounds like it makes Jesus God. It says, He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. If we follow after Jesus we have the same light of life that it talks about being from the very beginning. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and it was the light of men. And then in 8:12 and Jesus said, "But ye shall have the light of life because I am the light of the world. Wow, that would preach, wouldn't it? Amen, amen. So we find that the word of God is the light of life for all mankind. And we have a choice each day as as we serve God as to whether we will believe the word of God or not. You know, you see a lot of people that start out and they, and they start talking about, well, you know, I really like this part and I believe this part, but, well, this part, I'm not quite sure that that's really what, you know, what they're saying and, and everybody becomes a theological wizard. And I, I don't think, I don't think that that's, that's right. You know, and, and I'm, I'm not going to be, this is not false doctrine. I believe that God has many, many things in the word of God that are easily understood. And I believe that he gives us a lot of insight as to who he is. But I believe also that there are some things that God keeps for himself. And it's only for him to know what he's going to do with it. And so... I think we have to be careful that when we get to a position where we come across a question that is not easily answered and we have really searched the scriptures and we can't find that answer, that we have to say, you know what? This is for God to know. And God God will fix this and God will make this known to us someday. But today, he has chosen not to let us know and we shouldn't make up the end of the story. You know, we, we shouldn't do that. So, so through our faith and many infallible truths, we believe that Jesus is Lord and that he is the word and is truth and is truly the light of our life. In Acts 1 and 3, it says, To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. All right, people say, well, how do you know that the, the word of God is true? And how do you know this? And how do you know that? And, and you know, sometimes even myself, I think of the fact that, you know, we, we use the Bible to prove that the Bible is true. So it's kind of self-serving, right? But here's the scripture that's in the Bible that really takes us out of the Bible. It says that Jesus showed himself alive. That's historically correct. That's not biblical. Okay? The account of it is biblical, but the actual account is historical. People who had nothing to do with the Bible wrote about Jesus being raised from the dead. So it's historically correct. And after his passion by many infallible proofs Jesus did many miracles that prove the word of God to be true after he before and after he rose from the dead and he he proves Word of God to be true. So when people say, Well, you're, you're self serving with the Word of God, and yeah, you believe that holy men of old wrote as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, and well, that's just your opinion because you're just reading the Word of God. No, because Jesus proved by many infallible proofs that He was God and that the Word of God is true. Because what he said was true and he is God and it all starts to tie together and you can't separate them. And it it makes a, a really compelling argument to say, you know, we better really rally to the word of God because the word of God is true and the word of God will help us. Okay, the Bible also states that through the anointed writings of holy men of old that we can trust every word. It is the word of God that proceeds out of his mouth. Whose mouth? Out of Jesus' mouth. The word formed from the beginning of time was made flesh and dwelt among us. All those people always say, well, when I hear from God, I'll do so and so and such and such. Well, look in your word because that is the word of God. That is God speaking to you because Jesus and God are one and the word of God is one with Jesus. Okay? So really at this point, I could just stop and you've got a whole lot of stuff. Because it really ties it together and now it's not just, this is not just a book, folks. This isn't just a book of stories. This is truth from the beginning of time that has been brought to us to be alive in us. Okay. Please forgive me. If I maybe rush a little bit because I have have something that I want to really get to. In Matthew 4 and 4, it said, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So God intended for us to follow after his word. That's what he intends us to do. He didn't intend for us to just follow church doctrine. He didn't intend for us just to follow um, what, what someone has told us. But he, he intended for us to follow after his word. And, and he knew that his word would be sufficient for us and that it could carry us to glory. In John 1 and 14, I want to reread that scripture again. It says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we behold his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And again, I want to to bear out that the Bible says that Jesus and God are, are one. And the word of truth is one with Jesus. And... Again, much of the Bible is, has a basis in history. We prove that these things have happened. The miracles happened. This is not just happenstance. They aren't just things that somebody dreamed up or conjured up so that it would make a great Pentecostal story. That's not how it worked. It was true historical facts that help us to stand and say, I can really believe the truth of the word of God. Okay, so the Word becomes the very foundation of every aspect of our lives as Christians. And whether we realize it or not, we also, each and every one of us, we make a decision of whether we are going to consider the Word of God a book of rules or a book of promises. Usually, usually, People migrate one way or the other. They get caught up in this. Oh, you guys, you just have all these rules. Oh, you guys are legalists. Oh, you're this. You're, that, you know. And they and they go way over to that side. And other people, they just they just go way over to the other side. That it's a book of promises and a book of blessings. And um, uh, they they forget about the fact that there's an obedience of truth that has to take place there also. Okay, so. What the Lord has spoken to me, I believe, is that we, we have to align ourselves with the word of God. This fact of rules and promises becomes so important. If we only consider the word as a book of rules, please follow with me. This, this, this is the, the important part of the foundation of my message. As we align ourselves with God... With the word of God, the fact of rules and promises becomes very important. If we only consider the word of God to be a book of rules, God becomes a tyrant and we become very weary of the regulations. Okay? If we consider the word just a book of promises we become spoiled children and we become spiritually lazy. Right? All of you that are parents, why didn't you give your kids everything they asked for? Because they become spoiled brats, right? But yet you love them and you give them some things and yet in every one of our families, we have rules, right? but you try and make a balance there between the rules, which you know are important, and the promises that you know are a result of following the rules. I believe um, what I want to do today is I want to try my best to emphasize and direct us to the fact that the Word of God is absolute. Uh, the Bible is a directing word from God to be followed. It is at the same time a book of protection. It protects us from harm, doesn't it? It protects us from bad things happening in our families. It protects us from not going to jail. It protects us from sometimes health issues. The Bible and the rules that are in the Bible, the 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 declarations of please do this, please don't do that, keep us in a position of safety. And if you get off on this other side over here where you think this is just a bunch of unfair rules, you're making a grave error in how you serve God. You really are. How many of you that have a family have rules for your house? Why? Why is that important? Aren't you trying to protect your family? You're not doing that just to be a mean ogre. Right? You're doing that because you know it's good for your family and it will protect them and it will cause them to be good people. That's the only reason you have rules. You don't do the rules to hurt their feelings. The Word of God also proves to be a book of promises for our life. And I believe that the, the Bible and the gospel is not so cheap that it is showered upon us due to some sort of shallow obedience to God. Well, if you do this little thing, then God's going to shower all these blessings on you. I don't believe the word of God is that cheap. I believe that as we live for him, God is merciful to us and he blesses us. But this is a two-way street. Um... During his earthly ministry, Jesus was always asking people to do things for him, to prove their allegiance, follow after me, take up your cross, go and sin no more, you must be born again, worship him in spirit and in truth. You know, people say, people want you to believe, people want you to believe that, that there's no requirement There's no requirement. All you have to do is is believe on the Lord as your Savior and everything is happy ever after and we're all going to go to heaven. And there is no responsibility on your part. I don't believe that. Because that's not what Jesus taught when he was here. He taught that we have a responsibility to be in alignment with him. But he also showed us that because we put ourselves in alignment with him, there is great reward. There are great promises that are going to come to you. Promises of God. I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you shall not be able to receive it. Wow, we really like that part. Well, what about the verse before where it says that you should give your tithes? Why did he make that rule? Because he knew it would be good for us. He knew it would make us good stewards. And because he knew it was going to be good for us, and he knew that it was going to be something that would help us in our life, he also said, and when you listen to me and you do what I've asked you, because I've died for you, I'm going to give you a great blessing. And many of you could testify of how you've been blessed because you've given to God. I know we could, in our family, my goodness, when you, if, if we only could get a hold of that and understand how, how we, when we give to God, and I'm not just talking about just money, but when we give of ourselves to God, you cannot outgive God. And, and it's, really, it's really kind of awe inspiring when you try, when you get a little bit, bit of faith and you start giving to God of yourself, and then God starts blessing you in return, and, and, and you get lost in this world when you can't get ahead of God. It's a good thing. Throughout all of time, we learn how God has directed his people to be obedient. Some would call this God's book of rules disobedience will result in the promises of God being fulfilled in our life. And the word also is very clear in the hazards of not following after the directives of God. Right from the beginning of time, uh, the beginning of the man, there was a problem. God gave us a free will. And we still have a free will. You get to do whatever you want to do. So if you want to really mess up your life, if you really want to mess up your life, Have at it. But God gave you a free will, and He showed His love on you to give you that free will that you could also choose Him. And you could make the decisions to follow after Him. I want to mention a a few things. Uh, Adam and Eve were created by God with a promise of eternal life in the garden. Now, who wouldn't take that today? Right? There was only one important rule. Look out for that one tree. One rule. One rule was the only rule that God shares with us that they had. And they stood in the place of decision when the devil came to Eve to deceive her. One rule. And that lousy devil came to her and deceived her. And because God wonderfully loved us, in creation, and gave us freedom of will. Adam and Eve had the choice of aligning themselves with God or being disobedient. So each one of us has a decision to make. And you can call it a book of rules if you want, but God has asked us to align ourselves with him and to do things that are pleasing unto him, and he will bless us in return. He will bless us with his protection and his mercy and His supply. The benefit of obedience was eternity in the perfect garden. We find that the cost of disobedience was the loss of these promises and being cast out as well as enduring the other hardships of life. Remember, just like today, back in the days of Adam and Eve, the choice was theirs. Today, the choice is yours. When that devil sits on your shoulder and starts to speak to you that, well, you don't really have to do that. Well, that's not really necessary. Well, God doesn't really expect you to do all of that. Just remember who's talking to you. And it isn't God. Because the same one that talked to Eve was telling her the exact same things. Well, but, 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 if God... He was just sowing doubt and deceit to her and he was taking her away from a blessed eternity in the garden of Eden and she gave that all up because somebody sweet-talked her. You know Noah preached for 120 years of the upcoming judgment of God and him and his family believed the truth and they were spared. And they went on to to live and to be blessed. And the rest of the world was killed. So God is is very adamant about that we would believe him and we would follow him. But he's not short on the giving part. In the story of Elijah, and I am way running out of time. I am so sorry. Um, In the story of Elijah, we find that Elijah was blessed of God and God spoke to him and God did many miracles through him and I really like Elijah he was very bold he was out there and uh, you know he just he just went after the the false gods and he followed after him. But there were, there came along his sidekick Elisha and Elisha wanted to have the same blessing that Elijah had and that's the stand that we should have I want to have the blessing that someone you look up to that is blessed of God immensely, that you want to have that, and you want to be more for God than what you are today, and that's what Elijah Elisha wanted to do. And so Elijah said, "Well, what do you want? Um, you know, how, you know, what do you want from me?" He says, "I want a double blessing of what you have." So Elijah said, "Here comes the rule. There's always a rule, but they're good. If you are with me when I go." You'll have my blessing. Simple rule. All the rules that God asks us to do are simple. But he asks us to do them so that we align ourselves with him. And Elijah tried to persuade Elisha to not be with him when he left. And he, he's, oh, I'm going to go to this city, just wait here, and then I'll come back later. Oh, no, 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 no. You told me that if I'm with you when you go, I will get that blessing, and I want that blessing. Shouldn't we have the heart of Elisha? God, what do you want from me today? What do you want me to do today? Is there anything else I can do for you? Oh, please, please, God. So that when I see you coming, I'm going to go. Isn't that what we all want? But you know what? We get silly. We get silly, and, and we stand there and we say, well, do you think God really requires that of me? Do you think I really need to do that? No, no, you really don't need to do that. You don't really need to go to heaven either. But if you align yourself with him, and you look for the opportunities to do things for God and line yourself up with the way that this is an honor for me to do something for God, this is a reasonable sacrifice that I can make, then God will be there to bless you and you will take your place on that train that's going to heaven at the rapture of the church, at the returning of Jesus to take his church away. What a great example Elisha set for our lives today. We should be looking every moment to God in a life of obedience to his word because the promises are yours. Quit looking at this as a rule book. Look at this in a healthy way that yes, God has requirements for us. God has things that he wants us to be, things that he wants us to do, but he's going to give you the promises of eternity. It's very important for us that we understand that the joy and promises of God's blessing come from our aligning ourselves with his philosophy of life. This is so much more than legalism or just an unfair book of rules that God has created. Without exception, the guiding light of obedience to God is a protection for us. It will protect us from harm it will shelter us from the storm and it will take us to glory that's what that rule book will do aligning ourselves with him will take us to glory or will we be debating over how much we should or could do for him are we going to debate over that is this bit of obedience really necessary Always remember that the serpent is still in the spiritual garden of our life. He's still there. He's still speaking in our ear. Will we truly believe and obey God's word or will we try to find a better way? Are we so smart that we're going to outsmart God? Will we miss out on our eternal blessing? Will we be watching for his great appearance Will we be taken to meet him for eternity? You know, Jesus is our merciful Savior, and he's made a way for us. A way of obedience, mercy, and great blessing. Our only responsibility is to be obedient to him. One rule. Just like Adam and Eve, amazing how what goes around comes around. Be obedient to me. Follow my word. Be obedient to me. It's our choice, God or the serpent. And I want to finish by reading a scripture that really caps this all off. In Joshua 24 and 15, it says, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake God to serve other gods. Who will you serve today? It's a great and mighty God. Love you all.